What's up? What's up? What is up, everybody? Thank you, Raiders. Uh, Realm Smith, of course, is always Welcome. awesome and great. We love hanging out with those guys. We love when they come and hang out with us. So please uh, continue to hang out. Uh, it's been a little bit, but we are back. Scuba and the Rye getting ready to get this Rye started. Rye is here and got lots to talk about. I uh, also want to say thank you to Quilliff for the three-month sub, my man. Appreciate thank it, you. sir. Look forward to seeing you on stream on Saturday for our games. Uh, if those uh, new here or checking us out for the first time, this is Scuba and Rye, a weekly podcast uh, live recording where myself, Scuba, Steve, you know, and my buddy Rye, we sit my there God. and we uh, we talk about geek and movies and just kind of random things. There's some D&D chat and just kind of, you know, hang out, chill. Hang out, chill in the entertainment world of our minds. Oh, yes, yes, very much so. But uh, so, yeah. Right, how you been, my man? I have been good. It has been busy weeks. So when you message, hey, it's like, let's take a breather. I was like, <laughs> I'm okay with that, especially with a lot of other stuff going on in my life. It's all right to breathe. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you for the tier, tier two sub. That is awesome and amazing. <laughs> thank you. Uh you know, now I remember what we've talked, and I don't. That is, I still rough uh, try to pronounce that. So I'm just going with a zip f zip f for the uh, name. <laughs> I'm gonna go with awesome person. Yes, that too. That there too. You go. Uh, yeah, last week we took the week off. Kind of needed a brain drain from all that's going on. Getting ready for uh, what's what's about to happen. Because a lot's about to happen. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Call me Zip. All right, I will call you Zip from here on out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we've uh, yeah, we kind of needed to take a quick, take a little break, which happens. Um, recharge the creative juices or whatever. Just take, you know, see how things go. And uh, now we're back, and we're gonna continue on to charge through the rest of this year because you know, things never really end. Uh is uh let's see what else we got uh we're gonna have full schedule this week we've got tonight's show this saturday we've got scuba we've got uh challenge accepted at 8 p.m but before that at 10 a.m eastern we have twilight's gleaming uh got a wonderful cast that just got we just got introduced to our newest cast member and then we took a week off so hopefully she's she's not going to kill me on the next session but we will find out how that goes death and despair happiness uh, anyways, anyways, <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Uh, so yeah, where was that? Where are my notes? I gotta have notes here. Oh yes. Uh, before we get too much further, gotta do some shout outs and some thank yous. First of all, as always, we start off with saying thank you to Sirenscape for the background music and soundboards that we are listening to tonight. We are continuing on with the custom sound set that I have uh, created for the show. Right now we're just kind of wandering through the woods. We may move into the docks and then eventually into the, into the tavern, but right now we're just walking through the woods. Um, so go check out sirenscape.com. They have hundreds of different sound sets and sound sound mixes that you can use for your tabletop gaming experience, or in this case, a podcast experience. Uh, so yeah, check them out. Uh, next, of course, gotta say thank you to all of you in the community who watch us follow us subscribe to us on youtube all of that stuff you guys are awesome and amazing and could not do this without you 
Uh, all of your support continues to keep the lights on and to keep us charging forward. So all those subscribes, follows, bits, everything is great and awesome. I uh, also want to point out we still have our extra life bar up here on the top. We're trying to hit that last goal of 2000 to kind of, you know, kick off our first uh, extra life thing with a bang. Boom. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're going to keep doing that. And uh, let's see. Oh, yes. We have a very special announcement. Special. Yes, very special. Sparkly special? Very sparkly. Involves candles and cake? Uh, yes, it does. Awesome. What is lots it? of candles, lots of cake. And at one point, there was pizza, I believe. And mm -hmm. that is, we want to take a moment to say happy birthday to one of our moderators, Miss Mayflower. She's been awesome and amazing. She's one of our, she's our newest mod. Um, she came on to help us out for the charity game, did such an amazing job that we're just keeping her around as a mod. And today is her birthday. So we want to take a moment to say happy birthday, Mayflower, and wish her all the best. Happy birthday, Mayflower. Yep. Many, many more fun birthdays ahead. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I think that that's our... Uh, that's it for the announcement side of things, so we can move into the what's up side of things. What it has been happening. Well, we've got two weeks of stuff to talk about for the what's up, but um, I got one major thing to kind of go on. And one major. Yeah, well, you know, lots of great things. You didn't think I was just going to take a week off and not come back with stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> and that is, uh, we a few weeks ago, we did this community challenge with the channel points. The goal was to raise 100,000 channel points to put a new show on the lineup. Well, you guys did it. We hit our goal and I put out, as I said, I took some solicit, I solicited some opinions and some advice from the community for different show uh, format, topic, uh, day of the week, all of that. I got a lot, of, I got quite a bit of suggestions. In fact, I've got a list of them somewhere. Oh, yes. They are there. They are there. Well, after I got took those suggestions, I talked with the creative team and the admin team and the mod team because regardless of what crazy ideas I come up with, their support helped, helped me bring those things to life. And we boiled it down and created a poll in the subscriber chat channel of our Discord. So if you're subscribing to the Twitch, we also have a Discord community. In there, there's a subscriber-only section. Uh, where some where I do my best to give you guys early early info on stuff that's being released, different projects and whatnot going on, and you can participate in these polls to help contribute. Uh, as we get into the various tiers of subscription, then things will adjust accordingly. Um, so I put a poll out, let it run for about two weeks, and this morning I closed it down because we had a clear winner, and that is going to be a Sunday morning show. Uh, we'll do a Sunday morning stream, uh, roughly 8 a.m. Eastern time for about four hours. We're going to call it Sunday with Scoop. Uh, this is going to be kind of a, it's a, it's a, it's going to be a lot of different things because a lot of these ideas that we got are ones that are great for a short term, but not really good for a long term. And I'm trying to think of something long term. So I'm taking some inspiration from some other, uh, channels that I watch and really enjoy and figure, you know, sit chill have coffee do whatever um some of those suggestions was a uh do another long form D, D show 
I, as much as I would love to, that is a lot of work to prep up for and find a cast and, and all of that. So maybe in the future, right now, uh, let me get the two games I've got going right now on stream on top of all the other games I do uh, before I worry about adding in another long form D&D game. Uh, there was a suggestion for a DM tips, adventure prep and Q&A. That is, that is going to be a part of uh, Sunday with Scoob, uh, where we'll talk, where we could talk about recapping my games for the previous week, any and all the sessions I'm allowed to talk about, uh, as well as talk about some ideas and brainstorming future things that my cast will encounter. I don't know. I'm trying to think of a nice way to say it. I don't <laughs> want to scare them, but I want to, you know. Keep that mystery there. Because, you know, it's always fun. It's always fun. Um, another suggestion was for a D&D &D battle pit, a PvP or PvE style arena battles. Again, that sounds really cool, but that is a lot of uh, setup to do. Um, and it, it's not very good for a long form thing. I mean, eventually you're going to kind of run out of people who want to just jump into a battle pit. Um... As I said, though, a weekly recap on D and D stuff. Um, so, again, the Sunday with Scoob. Maybe or even here, if we see some really cool things, like I know recently we had Rhyme of the Frost Maiden just drop from Wizards of the Coast. Uh, Pre-orders for the new source book, uh, Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, because uh, that's due to come out in November. So we've only got a few weeks before we get yet another book from Watsi from Wizards of the Coast. So the fun and from what i'm hearing there's a lot of really cool things in that book um some stuff that i'm sure some of my home games will be like oh we want this uh let's see uh one of the suggestions was to do a, do a top five discussion show uh again probably going to be something i may do with sunday with scoob i'm probably going to do video game plays chill just chatting whatever's going on based on interaction with the chat and what I feel like and have prepped up to do, but it's more or less supposed to be kind of a hangout, less script, uh, more less scripted format. Not that I think any of my shows are scripted. I don't have a writing team locked in the closet somewhere, do I, Rye? No, we kind of uh, lock the hordes of elves in the backyard. Maybe. Oh, oh. I. We're not in Barovia, right? I don't know. Okay. There's a lot of grass, though. There is a lot of grass, and it is surprisingly green. Green is good, supposedly, but it's going to start changing. All yes, that's right. Us. Yeah, I stepped outside the, for the first. I stepped out. This sounds so bad. I stepped outside for the first time in a few days, and was like, "Whoa, it's not like stupid hot." What no, happened? It um it it dropped fast. <laughs> As uh, someone said, uh, I saw somewhere online, it went from 90 to 60 like they were spotting a Virginia State Trooper on the road. Anybody <laughs> from Virginia will understand that joke. Anybody who's used to speed traps will understand that joke. That is not purely a Virginia Shout thing. Shout out to you, Emporia. Shout out to you. <laughs> um, the last suggestion was a scuba tries where I would try something new and weird and different <laughs> and unique or whatever the suggestion was. And I don't know what crazy psychopath put that in that list, but eh, we'll see what comes up. 
Maybe involved a rye and a guy. Yeah, I may even paint some minis or some stuff or do. I, I'm really, it's really kind of supposed to be kind of open, chit chat, hang out, and just kind of go from there. The idea is like you get up in the morning, you're going to have your coffee or whatever coffee approximate drink you drink because, uh, yeah, and just kind of hang out. So, and we had some, some suggestions for various time slots, but settled on the Sunday morning, Sunday morning chill kind of deal. Um, other than that, I uh, heard from my mechanic on my Jeep because a few weeks ago the shifter cable on my Jeep broke and had to have it towed to the shop and they called me up and was like, hey, it's going to cost this much to fix. And oh, by the way, the parts on back order. And I was like, really? What's the what's the bad news? Well, there's this. And of course, you know, that's an open ended question. But I got a call today saying they are going to be just about done with my Jeep. And should have be able to pick it up on Thursday. The frustrating thing is I needed to have the brakes done. And they wanted to charge me something like $570 to do the rotors and pads on the rear brakes on my Jeep. And I'm like, really? I spent 200 bucks for the parts just to replace the front ones. And you wanted me to spend another 500 So I told them, don't do it. Just replace the shifter cable and maybe one other thing. I got a call from him today. It's like, well, we remember we talked about, and uh, you said don't do anything else but the shifter cable. I said, yeah. He was like, well, while they had it on the lift, they went ahead and did the brakes. I went, what? What? You did what? So, yeah. Gotta love mechanics. Yeah, mechanics. Gotta love they, and they was like, oh, wait, here is something more. <laughs> well they also wanted me to do like the drivetrain fluid and the transmission fluid power steering fluid that was like another 700 bucks to replace those i'm like really i'm sorry yeah <laughs> that but yeah well, wait well. A there's more yeah i know right <sighs> yeah totally harley totally uh yeah, that, that happened to me a long time ago. Put the car in, and it's like, wait, we found something more. Being dumb on cars at that time, I was like, sure, why not? Well, the thing is, my my brother-in-law, I guess I can call my brother-in-law at this point. He, he, he and his dad own a shop. Okay. And so I could have got, it's the I think the idea was I get them, I get the dealership to replace my shifter cable. The rest of the stuff, I would go someplace else to hopefully pay less money. Because, you know, family to family discount. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And, or I got friends and neighbors who are a lot more mechanically inclined than I am. Because, I mean, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm more of a techno geek, not a mechanical geek. And we're just going to do that. But then here these guys are like, well, it's already up here. May as well do this while we're at it. I'm like, really? <laughs> really? Okay. Um, so with that, also went out to a birthday party or yeah, went out to a birthday party, obviously for the person whose birthday we we just celebrated, uh, hung out, uh, chilled a little bit. It was nice to get out of the house. Uh, wife had come home and she was in all kinds of uh, a wreck, a rough day at work. Um, and it was like, she was just it's like, you know, why don't we go over and hang out with some other adults and just kind of chill uh, let's go i just so, need that she did and she was in a much better mood when we were done so it was great 
And then, of course, all the various D&D things I do. Yes. Um, but last weekend was the D&D celebration weekend, which was three days of just pure D&D awesome. It was a lot of fun. There was a lot of great panels. There was one. There was one. A couple of them I missed because oh, when the panel came on, I had to go do stuff away from the computer. So I missed <laughs> a couple, but I have the links for them in my YouTube feed, so I'm gonna be able to watch them. One of them was how to do was how to be a designer or get published on things, and which is a, a, a something I would like to get into considering I spend so much time messing with D and D now. It's like. Let's do that. Yeah. That could be fun. But I had to go do the dad thing and pick my son <laughs> up from work, so I had to miss the panel. Where, where is he working at now? Uh same place, but uh, he's only getting a few hours here and there oh, a week. But so bowling alleys are open now? Yeah, they're at half capacity. Okay. I need to go bowling then. Yeah, good luck. That. Well, I was talking with my old league buddies and we're like, all right. Uh, they're going to run the league every other week, or they're going to have all 32 teams, but half are on we one week, half are on the next week. So they're hopscotching every other week they play <laughs> because per the COVID restrictions, you can't have all the lanes booked up because you got to have separation from everybody. Yes. So, and you can't bring anybody else in because we used to have kids hanging out there, spouses, elderly family members, and, and just, it, I mean, it was a big community thing. I mean, anybody who's spent a lot of time at bowling alleys knows they're more of a community chill than anything else. And occasionally a musical breakout if you watch Grease or uh, some, <laughs> some other things, but it's irrelevant. <laughs> hey, you know, when, when, when you get those musicals, you got to break out in some song and dance. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That birthday's coming up too. She gives me shit. She gives me a hard time for it every year, every year. And you know who I'm talking about because now I remembered. <laughs> Not that I ever really forget because it's the day before Marine Corps birthday, but that's a whole nother thing. Actually, no, it's the day after Marine Corps birthday. <laughs> I'm lucky. I get two birthdays a year. I get my birthday and then I get Marine Corps birthday. But you know, Don't I digress. Dip. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it was uh it was that kind of fun and and just and then people come over and we play games and i think i did i can't have people come over last sunday so we could do our monthly thing continuing to crawl through dungeon of the mad mage mm -hmm. and i got off of that and i jumped on to check in with the discord to see what was going on and then it was like hey you want to run an encounter with me? Sure, why not? Start running an encounter. Two o'clock in the morning rolls around. It's like, I'm tired. They walk <laughs> away. They didn't die. I'm going to bed. <laughs> Seriously. Just give up. No more, please. No more. I, I, I walked four creatures into camp. Right? Four creatures into camp. And 12 people, 12 players in the initiative against four creatures. Creatures didn't die. They managed to blind everybody. And then at that point, I was like, I'm tired. I want to go to bed. So the creatures turn around and walk out. And one of them made it out. The other one, the other three didn't. So I, I guess it was a win for the players. Maybe. Considering they were fighting them in the middle of a blizzard. <laughs> and they were all blinded. 
<laughs> Always bringing in some. Hey, we had a snowball fight the other day. I brought in these new creatures called snow golems, and that totally messed them up. <laughs> they had... like, we weren't prepared for this. Well, a couple of them, it's like they're like, yeah, stabby, stabby stuff. Yeah. I'm like, all right, snow, snow, snow creatures. They're made out of snow. It's like, all right, I strike. It, the sword passes right through, no damn, no visible effect. The immediate response right after was, well, I'm useless in this fight. <laughs> and then a little while later, somebody else comes in, almost text for text. I do this, and I'm like, it has no visible effect. Well, I'm useless in this fight. <laughs> it's just like... Well, I guess it's a sit back drink and just hope for the best. Eh, not so much. Hey, Shad, hi, welcome back, my man. Three monks. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, uh, watch some movies, watch some TV. Uh, yes, I do watch TV. Oh, what's that? Hey, thank you for the follow, Ferocious. Thank you, thank you. Glad we're, glad we're, we're enjoyable. Uh, so welcome to the fam. Uh, let's see. I think that's pretty much what I've been up to the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I haven't really gone anywhere. I'm, I am glad now it's like 60, 70 degrees out instead of like 100 stupid. Well, yeah, it's a, it's, this is the kind of weather I like to run in. I love running in, in, in the cooler weather. So Maybe I can like, get out into the shop and start putting the shop together so I can start cut, making sawdust and some other things. Room, room. Click, clack. Bang, oh, ball. thank you, Ms. K. I appreciate that. Uh, I hope people have fun, but wait till we get to State of Game and we can talk more about D&D. Uh, in the meantime, Rye, tell us, my man, what you've been up to the last what couple have of weeks. I been up to? And like I told Scuba all the time, I had to do some bullet points because it's there's a lot of stuff going on, so I can't remember it all. But in the two weeks, um, everybody knows I'm going to grad school, so lots of reading. Trust me, lots of reading. And it's very curious, which I, if y'all weren't listening in the beginning, it's how the reading is paralleling a lot of the stuff I'm watching. Um, so it, it's actually helping me connect the dots and some of the stuff I, I'm reading because it's it's it, it, it crosses my mind sometimes and I have to go back and read. But, you know, it's always good to have something to compare to. It helps you know, bridge the gaps. Um, got some uh, the new furniture. If you all remember back in July, I got a new living room set for my parents for the retirement. It finally came in um, last week. So we got a new furniture set. So it's all nice and newness in the house um the work side it's just training mode every day either training somebody or being trained that is the the life of a trainer which is good because i'm going to be a teacher and educator so more i get trained the more levels of uh, knowledge and power i gain along with the school uh i also finished uh reading uh the elton john biography book All right here. Just finished it. It was a very good read. And the next biography I'm going to be reading is on Robin Williams. So that'll be another good read. I uh, did some IKEA shopping and scuba. You know, when you walk in IKEA, you can't walk out empty handed. Um, I challenge that. Changed my mind. Yeah. I believe you can walk into IKEA and walk out without, without taking anything with you. I always fail. But. I didn't say that walk in and walk out without spending money. Yeah. I just said you can walk in and walk out without carrying anything out with you. Oh, touche. 
I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Um, but yeah, I went to Ikea. Got a few gandering ideas and some more stuff for the house. But at the same time, um, we also... We moseyed out to Chesapeake and tried some new Mexican food called La Hacienda. It's over there by the Kroger Marketplace on Battlefield. Oh, okay. It's actually pretty good. So I would recommend it to anybody in the area that likes Mexican. Want to try it one day, Scuba? We can go try it. Um, you know, it, 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 It's a lot like our old buddy Craig Lid. I'm always oh, down yeah. for Mexican. <laughs> always down for Mexican. Tell me, give me a day and I'll pick you up. We can stroll out there. Make it another kind of like little outing. Um... <laughs> me uh lost my train of thought when i'm staring at stuff um other things is um a while back i i decided to do like a 20 series on the book of face which was albums and then speak I got up the a little bit more okay. ryan you're starting to fade in and out right, i got you in right. my head okay that's good that's good keep me going keep me flowing um i also uh, finished up a while back i did a 20 for 20 series on, on the book of face where i did 20 albums in 20 days and then I got the idea to do 20 songs in 20 days. So I finished that up. It's like 20 impactful songs that I like. Decided to put together a playlist on Spotify. So I'm going to share that out in the chat later on. For anybody that has a Spotify account, you can uh, grab on that playlist and enjoy the, the wisdoms of the rhyme music. Um, football is back, and uh, me and Scuba's team... I've uh, started out 2-0. I'm a Packers fan, diehard Cheesehead, Cheese Nation. He's a Seahawks fan. And our teams are currently tearing up the NFL in the first couple weeks. So, yeah. Russell Wilson for MVP. You heard it here. Um, and also, a couple funny and failures over the last couple days. One today, which we were just conversing over on the Messenger, how I failed in trying to secure a pre-order of the Xbox Series X. Oh, yeah. One of the failures broke my Chrome, so I had to reinstall Chrome on my computer. And the other funny is is um, when I went running over the weekend, I usually listen to my Spotify you know, account. I have my Spotify account linked to my Google Minis at home. So when I was listening, all of a sudden it flipped from the alternative rock station to Keith Urban. And I'm like, what is going on? So then I was like, okay, I flipped it back, played a little bit more, and it flipped to George Strait. I was, and I was like, what's going on, Scuba? And then I looked, and I saw what it said. It said, Living Room Google Mini. I was like, oh, okay. So I flipped it to my YouTube account and listened to music. <laughs> I thought I'd save that funny for the day. So, oh, that is that 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 is good. It's yeah. like I was looking. Oh, somebody walks in the living room. I don't like that song. Hey, play this instead. Oh yeah, it was kind of funny. It, it was very just funny. Kind of funny. Yeah, haunted headphones. Totally. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah. Speaking of IKEA, I was actually looking at some IKEA shelving units because I want to redo this uh, mess behind me. And I uh, got a recommendation from a trusted source uh, about which uh, shelving unit to get. I looked at it and I looked at another spot I was looking to put shelving and it's like, I like it, but it's a little too deep for me. So I'm sitting there thinking, do I get the stuff that's a little narrower or that'll fit in that spot? Or do I get the recommendation and then cut it down to the space I need to put it in? I can, I can tell you that I, I took a few pictures that day so I can bring the ideas home. I have plenty of ideas. 
Oh. I like seeing you over there laughing at my little faux pas with the, the Spotify. Weekend. Yeah, but I can't believe the whole thing crashed your crashed Google Chrome and then you oh, had yeah. to reinstall it. But yeah, I also tried to order myself an Xbox One X using the Microsoft uh, purchase program. Yeah. The Essentials uh, program they got, which looking at it, the fine print on that, it's like, so the Google, so so the Xbox One X is four ninety nine retail. Yes. If you get it through the Essentials thing, you'll get the console and you'll get uh, two years of uh, the Ultimate Game Pass. Well, looking at that, it says by the time you're done paying for it at the end of two years, you'll be paying almost eight hundred and seventy dollars. Oh yeah, you'll be and, paying more than what it's worth. And I was sitting there going, "Is this really worth thirty bucks a month?" Anyways, <laughs> it's, it's something to gander. Because trust me, I gandered it for a little bit, but I was like, you know what? Let's try to well, throw this on the credit card. For someone like me, if I can't, if I if I was to look at it, I can only afford if if it's I can't afford to drop four hundred ninety nine dollars at once. Maybe doling it out over two years might not be so bad. Yeah. Then again, you know, if I do it on my credit card for five hundred bucks, and then I pay the credit card back for thirty five bucks a month for two years for less than two years, I'll more than pay it off. So. I have to go back and forth, but regardless of what I how I choose to pay for it, there's not a single console available for pre-order because them things were sold out like faster than you can blink. Yeah, I literally I went on all three places I know I can get it at eleven. By the time the website worked, they were gone. <laughs> so, well, at least it's not the dumpster fire that was the PlayStation <laughs> pre-orders. Yeah, yeah, that one. That one was all. <laughs> that was that. That that was just a straight up dumpster fire. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um. Because I mean, their place PlayStation house was. Oh, we pre-orders are open. Oh, everybody was just like nuts. So, I'm gonna roll the dice. Probably wait till the tenth. If not, mid next year. Yeah, I'm gonna wait. I'm. I mean, it's sold out. I mean, I'll wait. I may. I may be able to go onto Amazon and pre-order it, and then yeah. just deal with it there. So, yeah. but who like knows? We, yeah, like we were talking earlier before the show. Um, a lot of games are gonna be either in parallel release with the new gen, and the current gen, <clears throat> or you can um, up get the up converted copy or whatever copy how Xbox is doing it if you purchase it on your one. So, oh, I think waiting might be. It won't be so bad, yeah. especially knowing that um, Miles Morales and Horizon Two is going to be on the PS4. I can wait. You can wait. I no, can wait. I mean I can wait too. I'm not beholden to it. And the thing is, if my streaming, if the doing the streaming business yep. can pick up some more, then hopefully that'll pay for it. And then I can. It's a business. Either way, I think I might try to use it as a business expense. I don't know. I mean, but yeah, let's see how it goes. But yeah, looking through the chat, all the fun stuff there. Um, I think that's it for our what's up. Yeah, what is up? Everything's been up. No, Everything's been up. Everything's been crazy. Everything's nuts. I am actually your chuckle me. So I'm glad I could make some chuckles. I'm getting more comfortable with doing this because yeah. remember about a year ago when we were sitting there doing these video versions and getting it up, I was really kind of how 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 and now it's like. Screw it. Let's just do this. Let's just be me. But I'm 
Oh, Let's do it. this. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Winching the throat. Yeah. What we got on. What we got say. on is we're going to do our reviews. Because, you know, <clears throat> that's what we do. We got a few of them. You're right. We do. We do have a few reviews to talk about. And uh, we're going to cover last week's film. And we're going to cover this week's film. And then we're going to talk about some TV. And then we're going to do a little bit more about the book Rye Red. So first up is we're going to talk about the new Amazon original Get Duped. <laughs> which is a black comedy um, about four kids uh, attempting to traverse across the countryside yes. to win a prize. And these are four of probably the worst campers i have ever heard of but before i tell you how i thought the film went we're gonna let rye talk about his review and if and at any point you want to see more reviews from rye go to ryereviews.com and you can see his library and extensive insight into so many films yes there are a lot on there well, six years worth of films yeah, so i would say there should be a lot up there oh yes Lots of writing, lots of thinking, lots of watching. So, Rye, tell me about Get Duked and fill in where I left off before we get to anything else. Get Duked is, as uh, you said, is an Amazon original. So it is available on Amazon Prime for free because it is an Amazon uh, film. film. Um, and it follows four boys as they trek across the Scotland Highlands as they uh, trek to claim what they call the Duke of Edinburgh award when they trek across this highland. So if they make it all the way through, they get an award that has been an establishment based on um, the, the, um, something. Something. Um, but it's less about that and more about these four boys as they get caught in a certain hijinks. And it's, an, it's following them on this journey as they are being um, chased through the wilderness by this mysterious huntsman. That wants to um, kill them for some reason. Or that's what you find off, off the bat. You're not really sure why. But they ba basically have to survive this crazy cycle onslaught of this huntsman. Chasing them down on this Duke of Edinburgh apartment. And like you said, these four boys do not know one lick about going on trails, hiking, or anything. But at the same time, it's less about that. And it's about the dark satire combined with British humor. And from the beginning, this the film does take a very slow, methodical pace in getting into the point of the film. Um, but what it does is that it does a good layering of providing indifference of, of British society through the eyes of the poor, dysfunctional youths. And as you watch this film go along, it mixes in a lot of British humor. And if anybody's familiar with British humor, it's very dry, it's very blunt. It, it doesn't doesn't take um, the approach like American comedy does, where it it utilizes you know body humor or physical humor or any kind of like typical slapstick haha human humor. It's very just dry. They kind of you have to, as you put it, understand the conversation and understand society in in Great Britain for it to actually take place. So in the beginning of this film, if you're not very familiar with British comedy, you might take to understand what the heck's going on but once the huntsman gets into the picture 
that's where all the craziness starts to ensue. And that's where the conflict of the, the youngful, uh, youngful angst youth um, and the traditional norms of what this uh, trek is supposed to be collide. But they do it through a very satirical manner. For three-fourths of this, uh, two-thirds of this film, it works. I think the first two-thirds of this film, it does a great job in layering, uh, layering dark humor, the satire, and the conflict of old versus new. This hunt youth, but they a very obnoxious and sometimes outrageous way. And then that's what happens in the last part of the film, is where the outrageousness starts to go way too off. And they start to just throw in randomness and craziness that sometimes doesn't make any sense. But it doesn't really take away from the craziness for boys. Because I think the highlight of the film is watching the camaraderie of these four boys all come together. And actually, by the time they reach the end of the journey, they kind of learn something. Even though it's kind of hard to tell. Um, but overall, once it gets into the climax, it does bring... Um, full circle that that point of the British society and the conflict of the youth and tradition that are happening over there but it kind of ends on a convenient note that might take away from overall experience your take uh first quick thing Ra, you want to make sure you keep talking directly toward the mic because as okay. you were back and forth your voice was kind of going in and out so it was really hard to kind of catch you I shall remember that um, All right. So that being said, yeah, if you're if you got a good distance and and talk at the mic, then okay. it'll it'll stick to it and it doesn't fluctuate as much. Uh, that being said, uh, get duped. Uh, yeah, I hated it. Straight up, yeah. I hated this. I went through the whole film and at several points it was just like, I I can't. Now, it wasn't for lack of trying. It wasn't for lack of trying. It's just, it's, I guess it's the level of satire and incompetence of these three, of these boys that just turned me off. I understand that completely. I mean, now there was another really bad film we watched a few, a few, a month or so ago. That was an, that was a Netflix original. And it was kind of like a, it was kind of like a, a date movie type thing where these two people are just bumbling idiots who just get caught up in this whole thing i'd have to say this was this this it's a it's a tough call but as far as which one of these i disliked more but it i got some of the british humor and it was funny seeing some people i've seen in some other more serious dramatic stuff in here just doing this kind of comedic role it wasn't bad but i just had a hard time with the principal cast and because of that i really just did not enjoy the film too much because it was just wow oh yeah I, I i completely understand your point because uh, these these four boys it's it's pretty much you, you either eat the pie or throw it away because it's it's the kind of humor where um that you're either you know you're either going to enjoy parts of it or you're not going to enjoy any of it and i can definitely agree with you especially in the in the last third because it gets crazy in the last third it, it does. Yeah. I saw bits and bits of us going through part of it. It does get really wild. And then the end, and it was just like, oh. It was a very, it's a very convenient wrap-up, but 
it's the satire that kind of keeps it together and at times it does it does make a point at times but overall yeah it does is very disjointed did not did not like it i would give it a two out of five because it is a good the, the the dialogue there are elements of the dialogue there are elements of just how crazy shenanigans but for me the principal cast is what really drove me from hating it uh, Rye, what was the uh, final score for uh, your review? My final score is, I, I think, like I said, I enjoyed the first two-thirds of the film, and it does good, do a good good job of uh, clashing new versus old, especially within a Brit British society that some people outside might not be familiar with. But that last uh, third uh, brings it down from an overall enjoyment, so I gave it a 3.5 out of 5 matinee. Okay. But it is on Amazon Prime. Uh, by all means, go check it out. This did come out originally with the Sundance Festival a year ago, and it was renamed to Get Duked. Oh yeah. Um, it it did it critically. It's not that bad from some of that stuff, so it's worth giving it a shot. And I mean, and definitely if you do like British humor, you might you might get a kick out of some of the scenes in here. There 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 was a few laugh out loud moments for me. I'm not gonna lie. There oh yeah. I will give it that, but as for our second film, we have a Netflix uh, film called The Devil All the Time. Uh, this one's a kind of a period piece set in a post-World War II. Oh, yeah. Um, a really amazing-looking ensemble cast. I started this film... I'll be honest, I didn't finish it. I just It just didn't grab my attention to watch it all the way through at, when I tried to watch it the first time. I may try to give it a shot later, but it's, it seems interesting. Again, we have Tom Holland in, in one of the leads, and just from what I did see of the film and the preview, whatever, that kid is going places because he has such range right now as far as roles and acting and it's like and the kid's only in his mid-20s yeah he's very very early in the stage of his acting career so props to him oh yeah so right take it away my man tell me about the devil at all time the devil all the time is a netflix original so it's up on netflix and it stars tom holland as arvin russell um, he's one of the main primary characters, uh, but he's a young man trying to survive uh, with his family in rural West Virginia. Um, in these parts, uh, everything might seem hunky-dory, but there's a lot of sinister elements that are all around him, and he must find a way to stay true to himself, but also protect the ones he loves. That's like the base through line for everything. But the overall journey of this film encompasses a lot of different storylines, a lot of different time jumps because it goes back and forth in time especially in the first half um because i felt like the first act was like a big huge prologue that leads into arvin russell's main uh main storyline so you get like a back history of why um arvin russell is the way he is and how he ends up living in west virginia because he originally was born and raised in ohio um so as you said, this is a huge ensemble cast. Some of the big primary players in hit here are uh, Arvin Russell, played by Tom Holland, William Russell, played by uh, Bill Skarsgård. You might know him as the um, Pennywise the Clown in It. Um, Preston Terrigan, played by Robert Pattinson, 
He's a, uh, a priest in West Virginia. And Carl Henderson, played by Jason Clark, and he's paired up with another lady. They go around the countryside doing certain things. Um, the way I would describe this film is that it's a, an infusion of different techniques um, that creates an outline that is very detailed but also convoluted. It's very uh, loose, thready in the first half of the film. You follow the storyline of all of these several characters and it pinpoints you at different points in time, building an overarching storyline where you watch how all of these characters um, have at their core uh, a fragility of human devotion. So the center point of this film is with faith, um, with living in the countryside, and wh what it means to um, fight for family or fight for uh, religion. And with the sinister element that brews around it, it creates a lot of misdirection, creates a lot of unpredictability, and allows the characters to live through like true um, circumstance. Um, with, with that, you kind of like drop in, you kind of watch them as they live through different scenes and scenarios, crossing paths slowly, but nothing seems to connect in the first half, so that's why I said it feels kind of convoluted. But eventually, you hit a certain point in the film where everything starts to um, come together through just a natural circumstance, and it's driven by the conscious level of the situation. So everything is left to... Un, uh, through just emotional fervor and just decisions of the characters that you would not expect or unexpect. Um, and that's what's the, the great thing about this film is that it allows the characters to grieve, to live, to, to endure through some of these calamity-style situations that you would not expect people to survive, especially Tom Holland as Arvin Russell, because you watch, he is at the top of his game in this film. Um, you watch as he has to come across situation. It has to make hard decisions that will either go left or right and affect his family. Um, once you get into the second half, um, there's a lot of convenient confrontation because they have to try to bring all these storylines together. But it gives you a genuine detail of what life means to these people, especially within the about religion. Uh, decisions that might seem morally right but are definitely um, so it leads into a, com a climax of facing um, what is the extremes of human. So once it gets to the end, it kind of brings you a question of what is right or wrong. And it's done through darkness of these. So, that sounds good. Sounds great. Hey. I, I, I was intrigued, but again, after watching what I watched this morning... I really, it really didn't grab me, but it takes time. Like the film, it does take time to build. It's a very slow, methodical build. And the cool thing is the person that's narrating the film is the person that wrote the book that this is being adapted for. Oh, Just that's a quick, cool. Uh, quick, you know, uh, fun fact. That is so, very cool. And if I would add a note, Robert Pattinson, he showcases why he is going to be a force when he climax. Because he is really vile and really cool. Yep. So, what is the final score on Devil All the Time? Devil All the Time is, uh, I think, if you like films that are dark, uh, dark dramas, or have strong ensemble pieces, this is one for you. Um, it is on Netflix. I definitely say check it out. But if it was at the theaters, it would be worth full price. Four out of five.
Nice, nice. All this righty. is probably one of my favorites of the year. So it might end up on my top 10. Oh, I'll have to go check that out some more. But yeah, wait till December, people. Alrighty, so some other quick review things is uh, I watched a show, I binged a show today on the ne a new Netflix release. It was the uh, new Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous. Uh, we talked about it a few weeks ago as being a new show coming to Netflix that would uh, be kind of geared to be a filler while we're waiting for the next Jurassic World film to drop. Yes, sir. The premise of the show was a bunch of kids doing this adventure camp on the island of in like the Jurassic Park island. Like, who thought this was a great idea? And then I started watching the show, and I was just blown away by the show. Um, it's only about eight or so episodes long, and I'll be honest. I really believe this show was adapted to be to be a cartoon because of all the COVID stuff. You couldn't get these people. You couldn't do a live action version. But this is one of those rare properties, in my opinion, that could be a live action show, either as a miniseries or as a whole movie in the franchise, or as the cartoon wake because. When you think of cartoons, you think automatically of certain story elements, of certain ways certain stories go. They, it didn't feel like that. It felt like the animation was purely a means to tell the story. It was not, but the sto but the scripting, the story, the seriousness of the tone, all of that, it would have been just fine if this was all live action. Um... It's a re I found it was really good and I would strongly urge to watch it. I would give it a full four out of five. Um, if not a full five out of five, because I was just blown away by how serious and how intriguing. I mean, cliffhangers are on point. It feels like you're watching like the first Jurassic Park film. That's or, really good because that, that, that feeling is hard to capture. It is. It's very hard to capture. Now I will say that this it's I don't I mean a little bit of a spoiler warning so I'm I'm going to do something I saw somebody do I'm going to hold my finger up and it's going to this is going to be spoilers when I put my finger down it'll be spoilers are over so if you don't want to hear about this you can mute but here's your spoiler warning in 3 2 1 This show takes place almost concurrently at the same time as the first Jurassic World movie there are they reproduce key elements of the movie in the in in Camp Cretaceous, and it isn't because you're wondering, okay, where is this taking place? When is this taking place? And then certain events start happening, and all of a sudden, oh, this is at the same time, the same day, just from a different perspective. That's cool. In my uh, it was wild. I'm not going to tell you how it ended. Or how it cliffhangered for a new season. But each episode cliffhanger was great. And also they managed to capture all the cool things from the first from the first Jurassic World, but also introduce a different antagonist for the cast 
that wasn't one of the main ones in in the Jurassic World movie that came out. But can't stress it enough. Go watch it. I got through it in about three hours. Great film. Okay, spoilers are done. So now we're back to our regularly scheduled. Try to be as spoiler-free as possible. But go check it out. It's on Netflix. Um, I we have a there's another film coming out on Netflix that actually drops tomorrow that we're both gonna watch because I'm really excited to see this. And oh, that yeah. is the new Sherlock Holmes film. What was it again, Roy? Enola Holmes. Enola Holmes. Follow, I'm follows the sister of Sherlock and um I, I forget his the older brother. Um Iron or Iron? It's, yeah, it's Firecroft or something. I can't Minecraft. Remember. Minecraft. 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 Yeah, Minecraft and Sherlock's younger sister, and Sherlock is portrayed by Harvey Henry Cavill. Not Harvey Henry Cavill. So I am so looking forward to watching that tomorrow. Oh yeah, it's the next film review on deck. There might be a second one, but that's the main one. So that's. What I had got in for some shows. Uh, the games over the weekend were great for D&D stuff. But one last review, and that is, Rye, tell us about the Elton John biography that you read. Elton John biography, right here, people. So the, the Elton John bio, biography is titled Me, and it basically goes through his whole entire uh, life, uh, pre-music career, during his music career, and his latter half. And it's told through a conversational approach, and it really details in nitty gritty everything that he went through, highs and lows, his uh, his uh, strained relationship with his mother, um, how coincidentally he came across lyrics written by his main writer, and how that led to his stardom, and then you know all the drug use, all the relationship faux pas, and then in the later half of his career. When he settled down, he started doing shows in Vegas, and how he uh, fought off uh, cancer. So, I think it was a good, fun ride, and it was what I appreciated about it was was the frankness of of the story. He was upfront. He didn't bounce around. He didn't try to he, oh, butter it up. He told it like it is. He told it frank, and he told it in a very British, haughty way. So it's kind of funny reading reading the book with a little bit of the British slang in there. But overall, it was a fun bio biography. If I would do it on the rating scale of the movie scale, I'd say it's a four out of five. Awesome. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So, you have to go pick that up. Alrighty. Take a breath, take a breather, and we are going to move into State of Game. Just, yeah. State of Game. Point in the show, we're talking about the various games we're playing and what games we are involved in. Obviously, I spend a lot of my time rolling dice, but Rye spends his time playing video games. Yes, I do. And occasionally, I play video games, too. And I actually have a video game to talk about. I know Rye has video games to talk about. And then we can talk about D&D stuff. Which I'm sure a lot of you would like to hear about all the shenanigans with D&D. So, as always... Well, actually, no. I'll do my video game, then Rye can do his, and then we'll go back to D&D. That way, I get a little bit of a break. He gets to talk, you know, back and forth. Yep. It's like Pong. Anyways, alright, so I have been playing a game called Spiritfarer. It is available on the Xbox Game Pass. Uh, so you could download it on uh, PC or Xbox, I believe, and, and play. I'm not sure PC, but definitely on the Xbox you play. 
It is a wonderfully beautiful game. Um, I think I've got 10 or so hours streamed playing this game so far, and I'm may I think I'm maybe about halfway through it. I'm not sure. I've just been a because it's it's a very chill game. It's a resource management, community management style game where you have to where you essentially take over as Charon, the 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 ferryman who for the mythology is the one who takes the dead and transitions them across to the afterlife. So you're the new you're the new spearfarer, so to speak, and you meet up with these spirits and um, kind of help them complete the last tasks before they can move on. Um, so right off the bat, it's it's a realization that everyone is dead, um, and but they're all connected to you in some way. And that's the real beauty of it is trying to figure is piecing together those connections through the interactions. And then of course you, there's a bunch of little mini games for collecting resources and building up your ship to house all of this menagerie of characters and their needs and, and help them. And you travel traverse a lot across the ocean, but, uh, it's a lot of fun. I watched someone else play it. I was so enthralled with it. I decided to start playing it myself. And when I play it, when I played it, I just throw on some background music and it's just very relaxing and, and kind of ease your way through. The color palette is very nice and very pretty. Uh, the dialogue is witty and hilarious. And at sometimes it's like, okay, this is family friendly. And other times it's like, you need to be an adult because of the language. But <laughs> each of the characters are hilarious. Like we have one that's summer and she's like a serpent in a cloak. So when she grabs you with her arms, you can see the coils of the body to make up the little arms. Um, it's, it's just so awesome. You have, uh, you have this, uh, I got to the point I have Giovanni, I have Astrid, um, and Gustav and it's like Giovanni is kind of like this womanizer and it's like that story is about to go completely sideways Astrid's his wife who's at some point had was just sick of it and so as you're walking around the ship some days you'll see her in the house and he'll be sleeping on the sofa outside it's like really um Gustav wants to do an art museum type thing. I just got Stanley, who's I already know I'm not gonna like doing Stanley story again, even though I've seen it. I know it's coming. But it's one of those, it's like it's just so well written. It's just amazing. Um I said it on stream, I'll say it again. I was like, there was one of the characters, Alice, we had to uh take and have her move on to the afterlife, and it was a little is a little rough for me only because Alice was suffering from dementia at some point. So she was losing her memory and couldn't remember certain things and confused people. Um, that was a little bit to me because I do had, a, I do have a family member who suffered, who suffered Alzheimer's and passed away. Um, but he, by the last time I I'd gone 20 years without seeing him, when I finally did see him again, uh, about a year or so before he passed, uh, he had gotten to the point he didn't recognize anyone and he kept going on about when he was rough when he was a teenager um so it was a they, they kind of hurt in the feels you know 
And I have another grandparent who's going through dementia right now. It's like you can have an in-depth conversation with him, but five minutes later, he won't remember it. Um, but, you know, it's it's a little rough. But I think that's one of the beauties of this game is it kind of talks about those subjects. Because sometimes people kind of gloss over those subjects. Yeah, sometimes you kind of go head on on topics. And it, a game like this is a good way to bring it in because it eases you in, it seems. And it makes you understand, but it does it in a very colorful way. Because that the game that you're playing it's, it makes me want to play it. Yeah, I will say that if you do want to pick it up and and, and check it out, uh, go and um, after you after you get through the game, download the digital art book and look at the digital art book because it'll fill in all the gaps and it'll just make all of their stories that much more impactful. Now, I don't necessarily run the background music on the game because I do see the comment about the cool background music. I will be up front. I typically will turn the game music down and I would be playing uh, stream beats <laughs> in the background, which is a set of royalty free music you can use for uh, videos and streaming or whatever uh, from Harris Heller. At, uh, and that stuff is just so fun to listen to. Hey, someone found the new emojis. <laughs> emojis are my friend put up some new emojis to kind of goof off with you know <laughs> alrighty um, other than that I really haven't played anything else video game wise other uh, than a few days of doing spirit fair and I want to get through that but with the new show coming up I now have a weekly thing to play games so I may do uh, community requests earlier in the week it's like hey I've got three games I'm pick, I want to choose from. I'll have the community do a poll via the Twitch stream or whatnot to which game to play and play through it. So we'll see how that goes. Um, also, there was the new graphics cards, the 3080s from NVIDIA that dropped. And of course, as soon as they dropped, they went completely sold out. So I may not <laughs> see a graphics card for the better part of 12 months at this rate. Oh, yeah. They, 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 they dropped them. And the second they dropped them, they ran. They were like, whoop. We're home. Yeah, the 3080s dropped. I believe the 3090s are next, and then the 3070s. But still, 500 bucks for a card. Ouch. 500 bucks for a console. Take your pick. Take your pick. Life of a gamer. <sighs> it's a hard <laughs> knock life. For us. <laughs> Alrighty, Rye. What was what, what? Tell you finished Ghost of Tsushima, correct? Yes, I did finish up the 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 main story for Ghost of Tsushima, and I am here because somebody I can't remember who asked is to come back when I finish the game and give my full thoughts of the game. Oh, um, I believe they're in the chat, so don't let that stop you. Okay, hit us with it. So, just to do a quick recap, uh, the game is set in a, a feudal. Japan and is set in 1274 during the Mongolian invasion fleet by Putin Khan when he lands on the Japanese island of Tsushima. Um, you play as the character Jin Sakai. He is one of the last surviving samurai on this island and he has to work his way through three different acts on three different portions of this island where he has to save his uncle, uh, push the Khan out of the island, and then finally. Um, take him out and face, uh, face the face the the judge and jury of his uncle because of the path he chose 
to become the ghost. Um, my overall impressions of this game, it's probably the most fun I had playing a game and the most in-depth in a story that I've had fun since I played The Witcher 3. Um, I played a lot of games between, you know, The Witcher 3 and now, but it's just the genuine, the genu genuine living and breathing world and the aesthetic of just being able to just, you know, go from place to place and just the tip of the, the oh, like you said, Scuba, the UI is so minimalistic that it allows you to live the world, allows you to navigate, allows you to interact with characters and do missions and go and, you know, you know, raid different Mongol camps and um, complete storylines with the ease of feeling like you're part of the story. And that's the one thing I appreciated with this game. Um, a lot of the game mechanics are, are basic to a typical action-adventure game, but that gets pushed aside because you just love living this world. So the re the, the repetition, the r rudimentary uh, typicalness that you would get in like a fetch quest on a uh, MMO, it might get boring and dull. Never gets boring at all because you love living this character. You love seeing where he's going, and just the the tragedy effect of his of his pseudo downfall, as you want to say, depending on how what path you choose at the end. It makes you see uh, how like decisions made sometimes go against the wishes of the fan. Yes. Um. And overall. Like, I also did all the other stories. It's just watching the stories just live. That's the main point of this game, is just the living. It's is so great. And I love the fact that seamless combat, you can switch through all four different combat styles at ease. And then when you start unlocking everything, it just makes the fights and the battles so much more fun. Um, so overall, this game was is a masterpiece in itself. Um, it's not like anything you see new with a lot of the action adventure elements but just it being a living and breathing world it allows you to feel fresh every time you come across a uh, uh a mongol um on the ground you know on the paths you just come across them and you just like all right pull out my sword start going at it so <laughs> i would give this game a 4.5 out of 5. not perfect by any means but it's close to it yeah, so, which decision did you make? At the end? Yes. Should I put the spoiler finger up? Yeah, let's put the spoiler finger up in three, two, one. Which of the two choices did okay, you make? Okay, at the end, uh, you have to choose to either, um, once, you, uh, once you find your uncle, um, your uncle has been tasked by the, the Shogun to, um, to assassinate you. So, in the battle, you fight him, and you either choose to let him live, or give him a warrior's death and I chose to give him a warrior's death because that way I could redeem myself in the eyes of my family but still you know level out that I was doing the right thing that's how, why I chose that decision okay it's a good decision to make yes the playthrough I watched uh, went the other way oh yeah so See how that goes. All right, spoilers are done. Video games are done. Uh, yeah, let's talk D and D. Let's talk. Dice. Let's talk D and D. Let's talk about D and D celebration. Uh, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden just released. Uh, my copy right here. This book 
is amazing. 320 pages of awesome, fun, and probably one of my favorite regions of the Forgotten Realms. That's cool. And uh, the idea is it's apparent from and the D and D celebration weekend was basically three days of D and D games and panels and discussions about D and D in general, inclusivity, all these various wonderful topics, great wonderful people, and then playing various one shots, all centered in Rhyme of the Frostmaiden, and it was just oh so much fun. If you missed any of them, go to YouTube and check them out. Uh, quite a lot of them are there. Uh, probably one of my favorite games of the weekend was on Sunday. Um, big shameless shout out to the to to all the wonderful talent associated with Realmsmith is they had a session uh, on Sunday that was great fun. The B Dave Nora. Uh, Xander. I mean, that the cast was hilarious. the uh, The game went went really well, but it was one of just so many. Uh, I think one uh, one session was like a knucklehead trout, fi- a knucklehead uh, trout fishing, and all the shenanigans with that. Uh, various murder mysteries uh, in the frozen north. Um, so everybody out there was just awesome and amazing. The games were just so much fun to watch. So many ideas. Well, while we were doing that, of course, I do, you know, various things and play a lot of games. As I took a couple of creatures out of this wonderful book and threw them at uh, some players in the Discord community. And that was fun, too, because it was just in waves and it was... And not going into too much about that, but what I will talk about is Avre. Now, if you're not familiar with Avre. Avre is a program that is a bot you can add to Discord that connects with D&D Beyond and takes up all of the rule set. Okay. Uh, you can use it to run. It's most commonly used for running combat and for running encounters or being able to run various checks, uh, skill checks, ability score checks, all of those things and kind of help you role play in a, in, in a text-based server or Discord server. And they had a lot of the stuff in there, but Avre still has leaves a lot to be desired. And while the combat I ran, the combats I ran over the course of the weekend in Avre uh, only were about four rounds, both of them. The one I ran on Sunday, Saturday, because I ran one during the day Saturday while I was watching D and uh, Celebration. I believe I had that encounter running for almost six hours in the Discord. And it was only four to five rounds. And part of that is the fact that the combat runs slowly because you're typing out the various commands. And then, of course, the since it's purely text-based, and it shows you as far as your communication, when you can talk verbally to lay out a scene... Of okay, you're in a fire. You're you're at the central fire pit. Coming in from you from three sides are these creatures. Now their proximity forms a triangle. They're about forty feet from the fire and about thirty or so feet from each other, forming a triangle. The next wave came in and formed kind of a box around the players. But trying to t- 
type that out and then it's okay what do you want to do and it's tracking the hit points and and the attacks and the text and then it's when i've got 12 or so people all involved and it's the trying to figure out what to do what they can do and then there's the shortcomings in the program because the program is not all encompassing it doesn't take into account the very certain abilities that require a little more thought to when playing so trying to figure that stuff out it's just such a long process for not a lot for when you think of like when i would run a combat encounter at the table with my players we could go through four or five rounds in about in about an hour to go four rounds and six but to have to go six hours in a di in, in that was just that was an test of endurance but it was fun and it was a lot of the various rules and things like this particular creature is called a snow golem and i'll tell you here because this is what we do here the snow golem is a construct type creature that um, is immune to attacks other than magical. So if you do not have magical weapons, any hit you make against it ain't gonna do squat. Um, but and it throws uh, snowballs. I'll I'll throw the picture up here, like that one. Snow golem. All kinds of fun. Um, it's got an AC of 8. It's roughly about 40 hit points or so. But like I said, it's uh, immune to cold, poison, bludgeoning, piercing, slashing from non-magical attacks. Now, one of the guys in the combat, at one point he was like, Hey, I want to hit it with Cone of Cold. <laughs> well, that hurt it. I said, you can certainly try. And then he sits there and replies back, So that's a no. I, and I was like, no, I said, I did not say yes, sir. I did not say you couldn't. I said you could try. And he did it. And of course, healed the Stow Golem for the <laughs> amount of damage he thought he was doing. It was beautiful. <laughs> but a couple of players, it was the working through the combat, trying to run the commands and rerolls and all that stuff. It was just so crazy. <sighs> yep. A cold attack against the snowman. Uh, I will give props to one of my players in that encounter. They were a rogue with no match with uh, two slashing weapons, and she had a they had a magical weapon, but it wasn't queued up right, and so we just kind of skipped over it. But uh, attack attacked it, and the sword strikes did nothing. Well, then it was like, okay, well, if I run to the fire and pull a couple of sticks out of the fire, could I attack with that? So now we're having to work through the whole improvised weapon rules and how to do that. And that, I think, is probably my favorite part of running D&D encounters is when you put when you put a player in a situation where they're walking into it thinking they've got this, there's nothing that can stop them, and you give them an encounter that stops them dead in their tracks with their capabilities to where then they have to start thinking their way out of the situation are my favorite elements of a DD encounter because now you're really getting into the role play now you're really getting into the problem solving um yeah, another one pretty cool it, it was a lot of fun i had a lot of fun trying something new and then uh sunday after my home session 
which they get a little bit farther in the Mad Mage's dungeon. They got to the point they uh, they killed some Grex, uh, found uh, some coward hiding in a corner who had inadvertently attracted the Grex or woke the Grex or summoned the Grex something. And he died. And then as they were party was circling back around to search, uh, they realized that a couple of Cairn crawlers had come and started eating, feasting on the bodies of the goblins and bugbears they killed in the previous session and just left the bodies lying about the dungeon. Well, you don't leave things lying about the dungeon because it makes a mess and there's something that will come and clean up the mess. So they tried to... <sighs> they took a couple of the bodies and rigged them up as suspended from the ceiling in an attempt to lure the cairn crawlers to a pit trap and kill the cairn crawlers. <laughs> that is definitely great. It is, and I let them do it, knowing full well that the cairn crawlers had far more hit points than the trap damage could deal. <laughs> and the party decided not to finish the cairn crawlers off. They decided to walk down a different hallway. So yeah, that'll be a thing later. I'm sure of it. <laughs> That's a definite sure of it. Uh, players are going to be players. There's nothing you can do about that. They Players be players in a D&D game, and it's all the fun. <laughs> that just definitely sounds like something interesting going to happen. Yes. Knows? Yes, and players learning D&D, so you take a lot of time with them. And learning D&D... Yeah, I would allow that one. Uh, players, new players learning D&D is always something. And, and there's a difference in learning D&D. And then there's learning D&D with using Avre on Discord. Two very different uh, skill sets. And if you're trying to learn both at the same time, that just takes takes quite a bit. So we work through it. I think it's fun. I, I'm praying and hoping that the more times we do this, the faster the encounters get. As for the croup going through the Dungeon of the Mad Mage, they have the ability to beeline down to the next level, even though they're horribly underprepared for it, but they may try and do it. I can't stop them. I could, but where would be the fun in that? Exactly. <laughs> so... <laughs> And now I'm in the process of prepping sessions because I saw, I think between my home games, which I've got one scheduled over the next two weeks, between my home, <clears throat> home game se session, which is the group that's about to, the agents of tall, which are about to start their descent to Avernus. Uh, the stream game Saturday, Twilight's Gleaming and Challenge Accepted. Two weekends, so there's four, five, and then I've got six other community sessions I'm planning and going to be running over the next two weeks. I think over the next two weeks, I've got something like 12 D&D &D sessions I'll be doing. What's uh -oh. going on? Yeah, lots going on. A lot of fun. I'm super excited. In fact, I've got a session tomorrow night that is going to be wild and crazy and fancy free. 
Um, I'm not going to go too much into that because that would be spoilers, and I'm not going to talk about those kinds of spoilers. Yep, keep the mystery there. I'll talk about it after the fact, but I'm not going to talk about <laughs> it going into it. Um, another, speaking of after the fact, no, I won't because they may come up again. Leave right. it there. But I will say there is a creature in here that I saw that I was just like a whole big old pile of nope. <laughs> Well, this is how I explained it to, to my friends as they came over the other night, because they were looking at this, and they were thinking this book is really cool. They're like, alright, hey, do you remember the de the the uh, Destroyer from the first Thor movie? I do. Remember how really cool and, and just kind of over-OP that guy was? Yeah, he was, it was pretty OP. Uh, I'll tell you what, part. though. Ain't got nothing on old boy right here. Here is a dragon version of the destroyer from Thor. Which is a whole lot of no. <laughs> I want that no piece like of that. That would cause people to break dice and cry. And take a look at that. Take a look at that, right? That's the whole lot of nope. But Not at no 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 no. That's the that's the kind of that, that brings you know that that brings an interesting uh thing happened to me in Witcher 3 where I was like I went to a certain spot on the map and I was like hey I'm gonna get a cool thing over here and then I saw something I shouldn't have not came across and I would hide tailing my butt backwards so that's good yeah a whole lot of nope so I understand a whole lot of nope this is called the Chartelin dragon this is a construct nope. <laughs> When you a, see those scrolls in no level, nope. Nope, nope, nope. Icing Death was a dragon from the original Drist, uh, Drist books. Oh, yeah, speaking of which, there is an element to character creation in, Ice, in the in the Rhyme of the Frostmane, which is just totally changes the game, in my opinion, and that is the introduction of secrets. So here, hear me out. When you build characters and you want to do this, you have the they have a set of tables and a whole appendix about various secrets that each of the characters could have. And that will add an element of suspense because what secret are you hiding? Because this whole adventure is about trust and party party trust as you're in the pro, as you're in this arctic unforgiving land. And there are secrets that are throwbacks to the original Icewind Dale books that Ari Salvador released back in the uh, back in the early part of the Driss Stewart and stuff, um, and then there are some that are more pulp culture. Like there's a creature called the Slad, S L A A D. These are a these are a nasty piece of work because they tend to implant humanoids with their eggs. And there's a secret where you have one of these slot eggs in you, but you don't know when it will hatch. And when it does, it is straight up Ridley Scott alien style chest burster. And it's just like so cool, but so terrifying at the same time and sub freezing, sub freezing the Arctic <laughs> with no sunlight. Like, really? Yep, they use them as a use them as hosts. Uh, I don't know. 
I don't want to give away too much uh, because, to be fair, I'd like to use this element sometime, and I don't want to spoil it. But, um, but if you are curious, I think uh, I might be running my f might be doing something with this in the future. But wait and see. <laughs> but yeah, not it's to death, but it's definitely gonna suck. It does sound like it's probably worse than it's that I choose it yeah yeah um oh yeah so lots of D&D on the on the horizon lots of stuff to try and talk about I'll see if I can get in a Sunday with Scoob uh prior to that because it'll be too much to try and talk about here um <laughs> Oh yeah, what's that joke? How? What's the uh, internal temperature of a tauntaun? It's lukewarm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about let, let's talk about some odds and ends. Oddies and endies, people. I love odds and ends. We only got a couple, so we can uh, get this wrapped up. Don't drink or eat anything Tal Elder Tamazar offers. <laughs> All right. All right. Which session are you in? I'll keep that in mind. Not just <laughs> kidding. I'm not that. I'm not a vindictive yet. DM. Sure. No. Players put themselves in these situations. I don't. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> <laughs> As we turn the page. <laughs> yes, we'll turn the page. Play the music. <laughs> Cut, print, wrap. Let's move on. All righty. State of game, where we talk about various little crazy internet stories that have come across. Now, I gotta be honest, Pickens have been mighty slim the last couple of weeks. Yes, it has. I've had uh, I have had a trouble time finding some time finding them, but we have some good ones. Uh, Chili, that is S L A A D, not S L O D. You want to look up for a proper terrifying experience. Use the correct spelling because there's not just one, but there's six different flavors of them. <laughs> I don't need that many flavors. I just need one. Yeah. Alrighty. So, odds and ends. Our first story is Remember a couple, little bit ago, CBS uh, released their CBS All Access, where you could see the CBS library, and that's where Star Trek has made its return and is experiencing some well-needed uh, and appreciated growth in the franchise. Yes, sir. Well, next year, uh, CBS All Access will be rebranded as Paramount Plus. And it will be expanding to include all of the IPs that are related to that. This is in this is actually in response in preparation for when it will launch internationally, uh, specifically to launch in Australia, Latin America, and the Nordics next year. Uh, Ryan, you got any other thoughts on this one? Um, it's a it's an interesting thing, and it's actually going to expand. You know, the CBS content because. Instead of just focusing on just what CBS has, which they have, you know, news, sports, different kind of entertainment, it's going to either it's going to bring in original content and expanded um, content that Paramount has. Um, so 
I think it's just it's it's another it's an it's another drop in a hat with the streaming services. So it's another big another one of the big studios expanding their reach through the streaming world, and it's just going to create another kind of hodgepodge of is this going to be worth watching along with the plethora of other streaming services out there. Uh, not to mention, it's just going to add another dollar amount to the already increasing dollar amounts of all the other streams. So now it starts to rear its ugly head. Is it will, does the cost of all these streaming services worth it in comparison to just having cable again? Um, but the fact that it is bringing on Paramount, it does give it a um, bigger recognition around the world because everybody recognizes Paramount. So definitely with it expanding into markets in South America and other places around the world like Australia it's going to be like oh Paramount has a streaming service I remember seeing blah 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 on here and stuff I think it's going to be in comparison to <clears throat> excuse me Peacock where it's going to offer live services at the same time with the original content yes they do have several shows that are slated for strictly there not to mention continuation of the Star Trek uh, properties but some It'll be fun to watch. Um, maybe with the fact all these streaming services, cable companies will start getting smart and say, hey, we'll include the streaming service as a part of your package kind of deal. Something. We'll see how the negotiations flow on that. Oh, yeah. So not to mention everything that CBS already owns with their 30,000 episode of contents between BT, CBS, Comedy Central, MTV, Nickelodeon, Paramount Pictures. Or it's going to give you some new original content, including um, a re-imaging of behind the music. Oh, sweet. Yeah, it would be smart to do that. I mean, I know I get the HBO Max because I pay for HBO through my cable. So yes. maybe there'll be some more of that as we roll through this. But yeah. But uh, our next story... Because we only we only have three tonight, so I'm just letting you know now. We only got three based on everything else we've been talking about. Three is probably enough. Three is enough. So our next one is a bit of news that broke yesterday. And that is the announcement that Microsoft has uh, made a... Hmm. Actually has created a... Made a purchase of ZeniMax Media which happens to be the parent company of a little studio called Bethesda, which is, you know, name, known for a few games. Uh, just a few. Just a, just a few <laughs> small titles. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's cool. So now Bethesda is one of the many game studios that is now under Microsoft. And part of me is like, this is really cool. But I have some friends, I was checking the Twitterverse uh, app with some of these comments, and some of them were like, uh, hoping that, hoping and praying that Microsoft does not tell Bethesda to cancel any of these IPs that have, they have been working on. And that they allow Bethesda to continue to operate as Bethesda does. I think, <clears throat> I think with Bethesda, unlike some other places where they like to just drop the hat and cancel everything, I think they, uh, Microsoft understands with the, this purchase that Bethesda has a huge catalog and some recognizable titles. Just that it's not, it's not going to... Um, they're not going to just pull the plug on everything. But the one thing that I think is a big thing is that purchasing Bethesda gives them another vault of games to put on their Game Pass. So 
Well, think, most of them are on Game Pass yeah, now. But I think it's also going to help with future titles like Starfield, the next Elder Scrolls, and all that stuff. So it'll give people an opportunity to, you know, jump in those games at first, and that you know how they do with all the other games. But you know, I think it's a win. It's a win for Microsoft because it's expanding the reaches with that Game Pass, with the other big thing that they have built into the Game Pass coming up. So. Yeah, uh, between that and the announcement that the EA the EA library is coming to Game Pass as well, all yeah. for one price instead of paying for Game Pass and paying for the EA access, whatever it is, that's going to be huge. Uh, I think uh, an also big thing is you're bringing in another huge slate of creative talent under the Microsoft umbrella, uh, so it's going to build upon more creative juices. There might be some new titles coming on because you have a bigger brain trust over there. Oh yeah, totally. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I just read that. We potentially start getting fan art. So yeah, if any of you budding artists out there want to do fan art for the D&D streams, please. I would not say no. And I might actually, I hopefully maybe can use some of it and things like that. So that is our two stories for that. So we will lead up, we will come back and talk about our last story. And our last story is a wonderful little debate tying off with this uh, bit for Microsoft Game Pass and Bethesda Studios joining micro, uh, joining the Microsoft Games uh, Studios. And that is, there, recently there was a PlayStation Plus, or a PlayStation uh, conference, and announcement that PlayStation Plus, there's going to be a PlayStation Plus collection that will be available with the PS5 at launch, which is about 20 different titles from the, from the last generation. Uh, plus Sony is putting this out as like, these are the de de defining games of the last generation of console. Yes, um, sir. We all can know that list because it's not an extensive list. I mean, Horizon, Uncharted, God of War, I mean, Last of Us, really? Um, yeah. But uh, so... Some of the initial buzz with this announcement is that this is going to be PlayStation's answer to the Microsoft Game Pass or the Xbox Game Pass platform, which, if you're not aware, is you spend a monthly fee and you can get an access to a uh, hundred or plus titles on the console and PC and download and play those games as long as it's in there in the uh, library. Or if you like it so much you want to purchase it, you can purchase it at a discount or any DLC related to the game at a discount. I mean, it's a really good deal considering 15 bucks a month for Game Pass or $100 a title for each of the games if you wanted to get it. Because you never just buy the game, you also buy the game in the season pass because you know they don't release games that are 100% complete anymore. They give you most of it. And then they tell you, hey, do you want to finish this game? Buy this DLC. But that's a whole nother debate, whole nother discussion, whole nother. I'm not even going there. However, we can go there one day. One day. Not today, though. No. And probably when you go over the rainbow. Over. Anyway, so. <laughs> 
people were thinking this is going to be PlayStation. PlayStation. Sony is going to do something similar. Well, not so much. Nope. Uh, as uh, some of the buzz is going around, the uh, so PlayStation PlayStation uh, CEO Jim Ryan was telling Game GamesIndustry.biz that Sony is not going down the road of putting new releases titles into a subscription model. Clarifying that the company just doesn't see that as a sustainable business model. Okay. Interesting comment because when I saw that comment about it, and the, I mean, it's a, it's a nice collection. It's a good way. I I'll give it props that the PS Plus collection is a good way to start off the next gen. You know, you're giving people ample games to play on the new system and pretty good games at that. But that comment just reminds me of back in the day of when the it's like an old versus new debate, especially with uh, it makes me think about Blockbuster. For some reason, when I saw that comment, I thought about Blockbuster and how they were like up against the, the Netflix model. Uh, they had a chance to get Netflix. Everybody knows that. And then we know um, what happened there. So... Making, giving that uh, comment just makes it seem like they it, he is ignoring the changing of the tide of what's going on with um, the video game industry, especially that both the makers, Microsoft and Sony, are putting out not only the disc version of their system, but the discless versions of their system and uh, propping them up as strong. So that's just kind of, I think, a counterintuitive comment to his own, to his own base. Because I think that what Microsoft is doing with the Game Pass, they're not looking at today. They're looking at tomorrow with the Game Pass. They're looking at what it can be uh, five years down the road, ten years down the road. And I think with the way that you, all you have to do is just stare at the, the, the new systems. Like what Xbox, Microsoft's doing with the Xbox, what Sony's doing with the PlayStation 5s. It, it, it just seems to me that they're, they're planning to move into that subscription base more than trying to keep a console going. Oh yeah, I mean, look at the fact that the Microsoft the the X Cloud platform yeah. just launched, and granted that it's only on Android devices to play uh, mobily, but they're all about they're trying to get more access, and they're all about the access. Now yeah. Sony and Sony is is with their exclusives, and, and both systems are great, both but it seems like it's Sony and Microsoft. While everyone feels that there are two opposing competitors, it almost seems like one of them is going, "Nah, I don't, I don't consider this a, a, I don't consider this a threat. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna set my sight on something else as a potential competitor, and then I will go after that competitor. And you can just kind of hang out here in the background, which." to me doesn't sound terrible because you're moving for growth and the fact that in fact if you take away all the the arguments of purists of one system or the other the fact that this next generation of consoles is going to have both a digital uh, presence or they they both have their own rights the fact that a someone who really enjoys the the genre or the media isn't going to care one way or the other they will go for both and that's almost seems like it's interesting on the price points like 
PS5 with the disc is gonna be 500 bucks. And then the discless version is just $100 cheaper. Okay. Take a look at Microsoft's consoles. The disc version or the, the Series X is $500, but the Series S is $200 cheaper. Yeah. So, and even with several people with like with I, several comments via the IGN crew and other places, and it makes sense, is if you want to be a PS5 PlayStation person, you get your PS5, great. But if you want to get a second console, the price point for the Series S is not unrealistic. And the and the the other thing is the fact that both of them see the disc disc or discless. And something we were talking about prior in, in the pre-show was, well, let's think about this. I could go to GameStop or I could go to Amazon or I could go to Walmart or any of those other places and I can buy a game on a disc. Yeah. And I bring that sucker home and I put the disc in, whatever. But how many of us are still actually doing that? Because we were sitting there discussing <clears throat> earlier. I don't remember the last time or of uh, specifically I bought a disc version of a game. I remember that about the same time it was either The Witcher 3 on disc or it was di it was uh Dark Souls 3 on disc. It was the last game I bought on a disc. And even though I got The Witcher 3 a few months later when The Witcher 3 uh, game of the year edition with all the DLC drop digitally for a d on a on a black friday deal i purchased that but i haven't bought a physical disc for a game in a couple of years and all my game purchases have been digital yeah and i think with you we were talking about jedi the fallen order was the last disc game game on a disc that you bought yeah that was the, the if, if i recall i'm thinking i've been th i was thinking for all the games i've played recently and all the games i purchased um switch aside uh that that was the last disc game because ghost of Tsushima was a digital download outer worlds was a digital download devil may cry 5 was a digital download the, the last game i just bought tony hawk pro skater 1 and 2 digital download and even with the switch the most of the games i play on there are just downloaded from the eShop. So, I, yeah, I will go with that, Ms. K. Uh, do collection, collector's edition things. Yeah, they're cool, especially that. I mean, I've got, uh, I've gotten one collector's edition game I purchased at collector's edition, and that was Titanfall when it first came out. Yeah. So I've got the big honking statue. Out of, <laughs> <laughs> it's out of frame, but it's up on my shelf. It's like I have yeah. that big honking statue from, uh, McFarland Toys or yeah. whoever it was for the Titanfall is just lovely. And and yeah, most of the time when you buy the discs anyway, when you put it in, you have to download the game. So it's it's like it's like worthless to get the oh, disc. Uh, yeah, di the discs disc drives are mechanical parts. Mechanical parts fail. Uh, SSD drives. I mean, ah, uh, yeah. So I'm I've been contemplating once I can get a hold of one of these uh, consoles, it might be digital. I was I mean I was looking at the I was thinking the Series X just because the hardware side of it because yeah. I think that would be really cool. I didn't and whatnot, but I think uh, I might 
maybe go series i don't think i'll go series s because i'm more of an xbox person anyway because of the library yeah and for me i'll pay the 15 bucks a month for game pass and never have to buy another game again because honestly i don't go through enough games fast enough for it to really matter and i tend to get bored out of games really quick because i kind of need little i love to play games i like to see games through but I have a hard time seeing a game through completion just just because it seems like it's like well I could be doing this or I could be working on something else or I take a moment and life comes in and I have to focus on other things and I never come back to it um maybe I just don't remember how to play not in the sense of playing games but just in the sense of play for fun because I think there was a quote I uh, grew up with this quote. It was like, the more complex the mind, the more the need for the simplicity of play. And I find, I really think that I find myself, I don't know how to play anymore. I spend a lot of my time working. I mean, I get to the point, I think, I, I think most everything I do is some form of work. I don't, I don't turn it off. And maybe that's a whole nother problem I have to deal with. Oh yeah, and just uh, just a side note with like just to speak on everything going digital and stuff, um, it's the same thing with music, with uh, everything moving more and more towards streaming. Um, you know, physical sales are dropping down, um, more and more every year, and like the money that like Spotify and Apple are making through their streaming services is going up. So it goes back to what uh, Professor Chelly was mentioning how uh, the digital sales are going up. So wanted to point that out it's affecting you know industries across the board well especially now i mean with all of our covid stuff it's like yeah let me buy physical copies of everything but let me forget about the one major problem with phys with owning a physical copy of everything and that is where the hell are you going to put it yeah let's be real if i bought a physical copy of every game i ever played of which i've got physical copies of a lot of games they take up space. Oh yeah. And then you forget about them. And then the discs then they wear that, out and they get old and they can't be played anymore and it's like Yeah, that's what yeah. We just uh like I mentioned earlier, we got new new a new living room set and when I was cleaning house, I found all these old games that I don't play. Hell, yeah. when I was I was doing some cleaning uh, earlier this year and it was like I had boxes of CDs from games and stuff for PC back 15, 20 years ago. And it's like, why? Yeah, That's see? That's a lot. 200, 200 games. And that, that it, <laughs> it's a box. You know, it's not it's not like, oh, let me pick up this hard drive that has 200 games on it. Yep. No, here's this big honking toad I gotta carry around. <laughs> yeah, like you say, you, you play it. Uh, same thing with like music. If you want to listen to a CD, a lot of newer vehicles don't even have CD players. So. Oh, that reminds me. Cool piece of tech thing. Uh, one of the guys I know, he's in the No Quarter group. He, uh, he His car broke down, yeah. ironically, because the shifter cable broke. Apparently, there's a trend right now. <laughs> but he, So he borrowed a car from a family member, and it had, it had a tape deck in it. Oh, the tape deck. Well, here's the cool thing. He said he got he got an adapter for for them. Now, of course, this is gonna date myself, but when I'm thinking of a tape deck adapter for playing music, I'm thinking about the tape 
with the cord that you plug into the CD player. Yeah. Yeah. That's I'm, what I'm thinking. Like I'm old. I get it. Bugger off. Anyways. Hey, I, I, I had it too. <laughs> Don't. I'm old. I'm old too. In, in some degree. But he had picked up a cassette tape that you could plug that you would charge with a USB. And it held a micro SD, it had it held an SD card so you could drop MP3s on it and then pop it into the tape deck and let it play as if it was a tape, but it would be all playing MP3s. I thought that was just super silly, stupid cool. Hold up. Let, yes. me, let, me, let me picture this. I know, now we're going down the rabbit hole. A set. Yeah. With a place for uh, an SD card. SD card. Had an SD internal card. battery. You would charge it. Okay. You'd pop it into your tape deck, and it would play through the list of songs that's on the SD card. So you can get like, like a 500 gig SD SD card. Load that bad boy with music. Touche, techno. Touche. I got that. That one's awesome. <laughs> okay. Out of the rabbit hole, I can. Yep. 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 Oh wow. What a night, what a show, what a fun, wonderful time for all of you who are still here. Awesome. Thank you. You guys are awesome Thank and you. amazing. And we appreciate you all for but, listening to us. Yeah, I, I'm a little parched. I'm a little tired. And I've got to finish plotting and, I mean, uh, designing, I mean, um, preparing for the fun over the next few weeks. Uh, as always, we are here Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, to do Scuba and the Rye, a live podcast recording. Uh, Saturdays, 10 a.m. Eastern, we have Twilight's Gleaming, which is uh, myself and some other and some really wonderful and fantastic human beings as we play D&D, all eighth level characters. And then we have Saturday nights at, 10 at 8 p.m. Eastern, we have Challenge Accepted. Which is another live D&D uh, show. Uh, our adventurers are in the process of tracking down a murderer. And they want to figure out what's going to happen. Uh -oh. And see if they can get to the murderer in time. Because the, the clock is ticking. Tick tock. Tick tock. Tickety tock. And at some point in the near future, we will have our Sunday morning show, Sunday with Scoob, where we sit, we chill, we hang out, we play games, we talk about games, and we relax and enjoy our coffee. Because coffee's important. There were people saying, asking, will the Rye guy show up? Maybe, maybe not. I've got something else I wanna, I wanna, I wanna ask Rye. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna ask him right here, right now, live with all you wonderful people. Peoples. All right, so. A few weeks ago, I talked about a mod game for the Scuba Studio moderators and myself to do for a D&D game. So far, I've gotten everybody to kind of jump in and we're going to still working out whether or not we're going to stream it or we're going to record it and then put it up as a VOD. But Rye, would you like to sit at the table and play some dice? Hmm. Yes, I would like. All I'm right. abiding. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're looking for no, for October 4th. It's a Sunday. My brother's birthday. Ooh, 7 p.m. He's deployed, so we're good. <laughs> uh, we're thinking of doing a doing a one shot, and we're gonna do our one shot in the wonderful world of Icewind Dale. <laughs> and it's just gonna be sit around, have fun, and uh, enjoy it. But 
we've been talking about you playing games. You want to, and since you said yes, now we can have you at the table. All right. I'll just get my schoolwork done early. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Shad's like, he better say yes. He said yes. Yeah. You all heard it. It's on tape. Yeah. Or digital bits, bites. It, it's bits, out there. You know what I mean. Oh, yeah. Watch <laughs> the noob at his finest. Yep. Yeah. Well, it'll be good. It'll be good. It'll be fun. Uh, but uh, we'll we'll work out. I believe I have everybody's kind of cool with maybe doing it as a streamed one. So we might do a Zoom call and do it. I'll definitely do a Zoom call and do it. Or we'll just record it and put it up as a VOD. But uh, that is going to be October 4th. And if it's a streamed game, that'll be a Sunday night game. So all the fun there. I got to get it. But uh, signing off once again. want to thank you to Ferocisia for following uh, Zip for the tier two sub and realm and of course big shout out and thank you and much love to the realm smith community and crew for hosting us and rating us you guys are awesome i uh, really enjoy all the work i do with you and wanna and i really enjoy all the support i'm getting from all of you wonderful people out there in the internet uh could please continue to if you they haven't followed yet please follow us if you think if you want to support us you can support us by subscribing here on twitch if you have amazon prime you can use your prime subscription to subscribe to the channel uh each month on here on twitch uh there's also other links to do show your support we do have a merch store with cool merch some of the latest items that just got released is now we have phone cases where you can get that wonderful logo that you see over over there yeah the logo thing. The circle thing over there with the scuba face. Yeah, that one. Yeah! You can get phone cases for Samsung phones and iPhones. There's also shirts, stickers, giant mouse pads. All the love. All the fun. And with that, we will see you on our next stream. Peace. Good night, everybody.